Hello and welcome to Behind the Bunker, ladies and gentlemen. It's Monday night. It's 8.05. You know what time it is. It is time for the world's oldest paintball podcast. And believe me, that's nothing to brag about. It just means we've got nothing better to do. My name is Todd Ansich. Thank you for tuning in. I don't have Josh Zubizabrikis with me tonight, but I have two other fellows. I have Gavin Sharma. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, 8.05-ish. You've tuned into Behind the Bunker. You, Why? You're done with the sports ball, the football, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, we're glad you're now uh, tuned into the round ball of the world. Uh, make sure you hit that like, share, and tag a friend or three. Let them know what's going on this evening. It's going to be a great show. I promise you that. And Joe Kimson from Flaggers Paintball, back from the Buffalo Bills game. And Buffalo was victorious over the Pittsburgh Steelers today, for anyone that doesn't know. And there's another game following. We'll give you live updates. So there's no reason to leave behind the bunker. Uh, just for anyone that doesn't know, tonight is not garbage, garbage night in Cambridge. It's just green bin and recycling. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, so after the show, don't forget to take the trash out. See you <laughs> soon. Pew, pew. Speaking of the trash, so thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. This is Behind the Bunker's weekly paintball podcast. Tonight we have a special guest. We haven't had a Zoom guest. We haven't had a real guest in a while just because we came off the pandemic and just swore off Zoom for a while. But uh, we thought we'd invite our friend Tom Cole on the show. Tom, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So Tom is, uh, I guess, what would your title be other than, would you say president of the NXL? Would you... Yeah, that's a good question. I'm president of the NXL. Um, we're kind of morphing that into Major League Paintball, but yeah, it's, I'm currently the president of the NXL. Well, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a title. So that's awesome. So we have uh, him for a little while tonight. If you guys have any questions, uh, you can post them up in the chat a little bit later on and we can ask him. And uh, we do have some other stuff to get to on the show as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, speaking of NXL, all their dates and locations have been released. Head to uh, their website, NXLPaintball.com, and check that out. First one is going to be Las Vegas. We've been talking about that for a while because the summit is coming up, and we'll get into that. If you're wondering what the hell that is, we'll we'll tell you a little bit more in a few minutes. Uh, also, the, uh, the, the pro draw happened, and uh, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, you know, you've got your favorites. It'll be nice to see Blast Camp and uh, paintball fit, see how the semi-pro teams come up, uh, how they're going to do, and see how Aftershock sort of re- reframes themselves now that uh, Ironman lost a few guys. And well, everybody kind of lost a few guys and picked up a couple guys. So, yeah. Um, and there was another move I see, according to Dan Saunders, he says, Tom Cole, can you confirm or deny that you are the newest pickup for Edmonton Impact for 2024? I'm glad he's jumping on there. I I am not playing for Impact. That is for sure. <laughs> I heard you're you're denouncing your American citizenship and you're moving to Edmonton because we, we, you like the cold and the oil. No, it is, I I don't mind the oil money, but um I don't <laughs> like the cold and oil. Not even a little bit. A um, couple other things I want to get to real quick before we get uh, chatting with Tom here. Uh, they're slowly, slow, slowly giving a little teasers of the new Lux Idol, ladies and gentlemen. There's a little more of the body shaping you can see right there. And um, here's a little bit of the grip and foregrip. So a little bit of teaser if you guys are looking for a new Lux this year and keep waiting to, uh, to see that. Stay tuned. We'll be able to show you a little bit more. Uh, we were teasing, the, or we were talking briefly about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they had played their game not too long ago. This picture was sent in uh, by a fan of the show, and she says, uh, guy was wearing a paintball mask at the field or at the, uh, at the event. And I asked her why. I 
didn't know, but I guess it was still snowing and blowing and hard to see. So got people were either wearing snow goggles or paintball goggles in his case. Good call. Yeah, but in buffalo colors. Um, biggest thing to happen to paintball and behind the bunker, ladies and gentlemen, is the behind the bunker merch store just opened. Did you hear that? Support packages. Damn right. If you guys would like to support this nonsense we call a paintball podcast every week, head on over. I'll put a link in the description of the of this, but uh, it'll be in both videos. But if you head to uh, ride519.com slash shop slash BTB, we'll get you that link up. Uh, they're nice enough to host it for us. But here's just a couple samples here, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the BTB hoodie. You can get it in the purple blue fade. You can get it in the uh, yellow-green fade as well. Some of these have been inspired by some of my favorite gun anos. Uh, here's the T-shirts. And uh, here's another pattern. We did just the standard logo, but it also comes in multiple different colors. And then a new one, a little wacky if you want people to know that, it's, uh, that you play paintball. There you go. The merch. The merch. Yeah. All kinds of merch in different colors, shapes, sizes. And uh, as the weeks go on, we'll be adding more to it. Uh, so thank you for those of you that uh, in advance who are going to support the show. A uh, question in the chat from Archie Emans wants to know, uh, is Tiger Stripe available? <laughs> Todd, take it away. Not yet. I, okay. I am going to put it, do it, run a Tiger Stripe, but because they're a little more cost, costly, I'm going to um, order a bunch in. We'll do one, one order and that'll be coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. I went to Canada's biggest imprint show like for screens and screen companies and uh, t-shirt designers and stuff and I looked for alternate camel patterns and stuff and I found something that I'll show you hopefully if I can get them uh, that I was quite excited about in t-shirt so stay tuned for that All Keith right. Kissel wants to know is Tom Cole going to be playing The Price is Right I don't know we'll have to see how he feels after we're, we're, we're done grilling him um, but why don't we uh, why don't we take some time and, and talk to Tom here, ladies and gentlemen? All the new new stuff is kind of past here, so there you go. So we have Tom Cole. Uh, where are you joining us from, Tom? I'm in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> there you go. How's the barbecue? There's no barbecue. No. Right? Well, I guess there's some barbecue. There what? is some barbecue. I haven't been there yet. We've only lived here for a year, and I spent half my life on the road, so what? I haven't had a real chance to enjoy Birmingham life. What's Birmingham known for? No idea. Um, <laughs> and sorry, you moved there because biscuits. It's cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. Be, being a tournament promoter doesn't really bring in a huge amounts of money. So it, it's I'm centrally located. My wife is a nurse. She's a traveling nurse. So this was close to one of her hospitals that she wanted to work at. So um, it worked out well. Nice. I drive to a lot of the events. So this is kind of middle of the country. Yeah, makes sense, I guess, right? Yeah. Do they it have a major sense. airport? We do in Birmingham and Atlanta. I'm about an hour from Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, but I'm an American Airlines guy, so I fly out of Birmingham a lot. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we're an hour from Toronto, so for us, we can pretty much go anywhere. Birmingham's the seat of Jefferson County. That's what it's known for. A lot of civil rights <laughs> stuff. A lot of civil rights stuff happened here. How's that? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, you can't say paintball without travel in the same sentence. You know, if you're going to play competitively, it's, it's you know, even if you're on a scenario team, you know, it's travel. Whether you're, you know, traveling three or four hours to another field local to you or whether you're getting on a plane. But, yeah. We, we, we travel a lot. That is for sure. So, your next event, 
the first NXL event is coming up in uh, March. It's March 8th to 10th in Las Vegas. Um, that is correct. Let's talk about that because you've got something else going on on top of that. So not only do you have the regular event, but you've got a players party and awards, the summit awards that are happening. That's happening on the Sunday night. Correct. And it's more of an industry party than players party, but it's a little, it's a blend of both. So we're doing an award show. Um, we're trying to do like a proper award show, like an SB's type style thing yeah. uh, with a little bit of glamor involved in it. Um, so not only are we going to be recognizing the NXLs like uh, MVPs and stuff like that through for the 2023 season, but we're also going to recognize some scenario people, some industry people, um, and, and some store and fields that, that are doing a good job in the marketplace to kind of like promote the game of paintball and continue to do a good job. So so we think it's like a, a, a one-stop shop to kind of bring everybody together. Nice. Um, I actually, I, you know, I like the name of your your show and I, it's funny because you know you have these names you don't really think about them after you read them off the first time but it's really pretty all-inclusive behind the bunker right you know yeah. dynasty behind the bunker and so could yeah. the psycho clown posse right everybody's yeah. using a bunker yeah. whether it's a Truthfully, an guy or a scenario that was guy. our second pick of name the original name that i wanted which out of respect i didn't take because the fellow had passed away and he was already doing a he was doing a a blog if you will uh but he was behind the uh Behind the mask. Oh yeah, that's a good. Name and too. I thought that was really great. Uh, and I, but unfortunately, I, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes or take any homage away from him. So, but behind the bunker, when when Joe and I kind of thought of that, um, I, I don't know, it just kind of stuck. But it makes you sense, know, right? I think it's better than behind the mask because behind the mask would be a bank robber. Skier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so, true. That's true. And then we bank robbing show. Then we'd be stuck to interviewing people all the time, and we're not really good at that. I mean, we will, you know. You, 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 and all of us here in the show have a bit of a rapport, so it's not it's not too bad. But uh, yeah, I'm not really an interview show, unfortunately. Hey, you were mentioning the the summit is open to industry, and you also use the word players. Can we clarify that? Because I made a faux pas talking yeah. about how the summit was open to everybody. Uh, yes. So what's going to happen? I mean, obviously. <laughs> We have a tournament going on the same week at the weekend, right? And then we, we, we look at it as like a blending, right? So Sunday night, you're going to have both groups there. You're going to have the, the industry and the stores, the fields coming in, and you're going to have the teams leaving. And that's why we're doing the award show on Sunday night. And then on Monday, we're going to go straight to like extravaganza S classes, right? Where we can educate the store and field owners. Um, but we are also that Monday morning going to have like our pro team meetings for the 2025 season. Um, the, the WNXL, you know, we're going to try and get some stuff in the industry about what we're doing in 2025 and also, you know, talk to the teams about what they want to see out of 2025. And that's only for Monday. They won't be going into the actual trade show. They'll just be in some of the classes. Um, and then we'll have classes running all day on Monday for the store and field owners. And then we have the classes are going to end at 3.30. We're going to have a happy hour starting at 3.30. So every store and field owner is going to get two drinks. Uh, we're going to do the happy hour right in the trade show where all the vendors are. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to end the show around 530 there that day. So that'll be kind of a quick day to allow everybody to concentrate on the classes and not have the vendors stuck there all day while everybody else is in the classes. Yeah, it makes sense. That's great. And I, I, I saw somewhere, um, I, I don't, so I don't want to quote it, but I saw a list of vendors uh, for the summit. Have you had really good uh, or good success uh, having people sign up and, and want to be a part of it 
Um, I, I feel like we've had great success. I mean, we haven't done the best job yet with some of the smaller vendors. We just started that this week because we were waiting on all the big vendors to pick their spaces. Um, so, but everyone that I've talked to is coming. Um, and I'm actually pretty happy with how excited most people are that we're doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Extravaganza at one point in time was like an amazing event. Um, and I think it's important to keep it going. And, and Rick really wanted to keep it going. So we actually purchased it from Rick. Um, so we are moving it all with his blessing. Yep. Um, so I think it's something everybody's excited about. So, um, yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised at how excited the industry was about it. Yeah. We all have pretty good memories of, of extravaganza, good, good memories. And, you know, some of my favorite ones was, you know, just meeting some of the smaller vendors that have, you know, those widgets you've never seen or, you know, something that they're, they're offering that, you know, the big guys didn't. Um, but then conversely, you know, I remember one year, Tipman had us all over to their booth, invited everybody, and we're giving away draft beer and their Tipman custom glasses. Bugs and, and glasses. That was and, that was, and that was cool too. And, you know, back then there was more companies, uh, you know, but uh, I don't know. Gavin, I know his his highlight was, uh, you know, not only going to the the the, uh, the paintball extravaganza in Memphis, was it, but actually touring the local <laughs> the local neighborhood around it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was safe. It was uh, yeah, there was a safe safe environment. It was safe, great. Safe zone there in Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, Tom, do you think you could get some um, of Go Sports um, videos played inside the sphere for people? Um, inside the what? Inside the sphere in Las Vegas, that big round spherical structure in Vegas. Oh yeah, no, it, uh, we actually drove by and talking with the city of Las Vegas. And we said something about turning it into a paintball. I will. I'm going to say something about the award show. One of the reasons why we were super excited about the Sahara is we're, we will have the largest video screen in Vegas, short of that big sphere, um, to showcase the video. So we're doing like move of the year or scenario player of the year or whatever we're going to be nice. playing that video Super on that cool. screen so make so sure think, you tri- trim your nose hairs yep yeah because it'll be big <laughs> it'll be big for sure yeah. so i think that's going to be neat i don't think our industry's ever seen anything like that there's an event in the uk that's pretty uh posh as they like to say yeah um and it's pretty legit i was kind of jealous that that was going on in such a small market so hopefully we can blend all that together and kind of make it happen over here and that's, is that the feel you're going for then that sort of posh emmy yeah. Glo- golden globe type uh gala event exactly okay. exactly and, and you know and and it really stemmed from like i remember when tim passed right and i remember thinking like I don't even know if his mom knew how important he was to the industry, right? And, and as we all get older, right, we're going to start losing those of us that are that are older than the new people. Um, and so it'd be nice to not only just recognize people when they're at their peak, but also give some shout outs to people that help build what we have today. Yeah, right. I really like how Planet Eclipse has their Immortal series, you know, of playing cards. And, uh, you know, you hear kids look through them and most people know who some of you know, people know who most of them are but not everything and it's it's nice to be able to educate people on some of those those people that you know like ron kilborn's in there and no one knows who he is not nobody but you know what i mean like there's there's a lot of people in the in the sport that helped it back in the day and and uh, we're a part of that that people should know and you didn't, this, give, you didn't even give a, a tip of the hat to tom we, like we have them on the call right now <laughs> Well, what did I do? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, there's people that didn't even know that I played. You right. know what I mean? Like, I get asked that all the time. Like, did you ever play? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I sure didn't take this job, you know, 
this grueling job for the glamour you know what i mean like i did it because i love the game and i want to you know i played for a long time and i want to give back some days don't you wish though that you never played paintball because joe and i you know started fields and run this podcast and i mean we make millions of dollars from paintball much like you do you know what i mean like had we have chosen any other sport or yeah, Ho- hobby horse. <laughs> hobby we're, horse. We're thinking of getting into a hobby horse. Yeah, not not sure if that's gonna. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with my choice. I mean, I, I wasn't gonna be a swimmer or a sprinter, right? So uh, or a model. You know, I got to play. Or I'm not gonna be a model either. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I got to play pro paintball. I played on ESPN. You know, I met a lot of great people. Um, I mean, I'm still doing it. You know what I mean? I still get to play occasionally. Um, so I, I, I'm pretty happy with it. But yeah, the job is. Yeah, the, the league side of it's brutal. It feels you know, like no one's happy with it. You know what? I've had an opportunity to come down and work with you guys, uh, you know, in different facets for the league. And I'll be honest with you, it's grueling work. But on the same token, every 10 steps, you stop and you see someone else that you know and you have a conversation. It is like, you know, it's like going to a reunion every time you step foot at an NXL event. And it's, uh, you know, it's got to be rewarding that way as well. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's amazing. As long as you don't go online and read the comments, you're, you're good. <laughs> Very true. Yes. <laughs> That's the same with anything. Comments. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, I know it, yeah. it is the same in anything. I, I I try not to let it bother me, you know. But it's yeah, you see it on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's unfortunate when people love something so much. You know, they're the first to criticize something when they don't think it's being done right, and whether. Yeah, whatever. We won't get into it. Yeah, no, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. You, you know, put your big boy pants on. You deal with it. That's for sure. Yeah, I. You know, people aren't being forced to go to any event, uh, whether it's NXL or Super Game or, or or anything. They go because they want to, and and they spend the money knowing the price, and that's the cost of doing it. I mean, you know, my family unfortunately goes to Disney every year, and we know the cost of it. You know, you know it beforehand, but it's what you just sort of, you know, you you accept it, and you don't complain about the the ten dollar hot dogs because you knew darn well going into it that's what you were going to do. But you also maybe. are getting a great experience, and that's what you you know that's what you want, right? Yeah. Yo, maybe it's the best hot dog ever. Could be. I haven't had a turkey drumstick in a while. I could really go for one of those. Um, so, couple que- so, couple questions that 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 uh, we had come in for you. Uh, first of all, we should we should finish finish that. So, the summit you have the awards on Sunday night, and then the trade show itself runs Monday, Tuesday. Is that what I understand? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, and Wednesday as well. Okay, very good. Um, and is there uh, is there hotel discounts? Do you have uh, somewhere where people should you'd recommend to stay? There is good catch. We have a link on our Major League Paintball site with the hotel. It's the Sahara. There's special pricing through the weekend, um, and actually booking it gives you free entrance fee into the uh, industry party and award show. Um, so please book that. Um, we're really trying to show Vegas. That's the other reason to double down like this. Um, Vegas is one of the cities that isn't really impressed with at what paintball brings to the table. So we are um, trying to double whammy with an event that's longer and has a lot of attendance. Yeah. So the more people we get at the Sahara, the more people get tracked, the better off we are. Yeah. And you know, going to going to Vegas for NXL, it's such a grueling week. You're not really leaving, you know, the NXL event to go gamble all night long. Like unless, of course, you don't make Sunday. But um, it's nice to have that extra couple extra days to 
to see maybe see a show. You gotta recoup your losses, Todd. <laughs> yes. Your losses. Well, I'm well, looking. Also, I'm looking for an excuse this. to go see the Sphere. I'd like to go see you two at the Sphere. They just extended their tour, so maybe that'll happen. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? Well, hopefully the stores and fields come out of it with some stuff from the show. Right? We have a lot of classes. We have a lot of stuff concentrating on social media. Um, and you know, search word stuff, you know, we all know it's challenging now on social media, um, to get some of your advertising out there. So we have some, some heavy hitters in that department. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. I think it should be an interesting learning experience. We have some outside people coming. Um, I'm not going to drop any names there, but yeah, we'll have some outside companies coming that are going to, uh, pitch ideas of the paintball community about how they can improve revenue at their parks and maybe add some additional revenue streams. Nice. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be a good good show. Now, nice. now, Tom, Vegas has really gone, turned into really a sports mecca in the last, you know, four or five years with the, the Vegas Golden Knights of the NHL winning the Stanley Cup two times in a row. They've just, Oakland, the Oakland Raiders have moved to Vegas. They're, they're buying the Oakland A's and building a brand new stadium. They're hosting the Super Bowl this year. They just hosted a Formula One race. Like they're they're turning into they want to become not only known for gambling, but I believe they want to be known for for sports. And you know, not, sure they not have to, necessarily traditional, but even extreme sports. They also have the bull riding championships. Um yeah, so about four years ago, um I was introduced to the lady that took over what we call the the sports commissions. Um and they're in chart they're basically the tourism board for, for the cities and she said that she was going to concentrate heavily on sports and i said luckily we're a sport she said yeah i'm working on the nfl and the super bowl right now and it hit me back you know in a little while so uh we reached back out to them this year and so they, they're pretty excited to have us back um but like i said we're really trying to to drop some numbers there on them um our world cup numbers as far as like tourism is pretty big but the other events are, are a, a middle size event for a city and for a vegas it's it's a small event so we're trying to wow them a little bit with the hotel numbers what what are your are you at liberty to talk about your tourism numbers for orlando or no so they're public like you can go to the the florida website uh for their sports commission stuff and it'll give you it gives you some of the numbers it gives you 50 percent of the numbers because it's a it's a weird public state the way they do information but we're in the the millions of dollars in economic impact to the city wow nice yeah i think we book over we book over six thousand room nights right around six thousand room nights in orlando um for that week that we're there now does nxl get hit with a cleaning fee for any fountains during the course of you know, the <laughs> we do not and it's funny because the guy that rents us the gentleman that owns the land um, that we run the World Cup on. He also owns that parking lot that that <laughs> fountain is in. And when I first met him, that was the first question he asked me. And I was like, well, I can assure you it's not me doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, we need to have it anyhow because they're going to do it regardless of what venue I'm at. So you might as well get at least some money back for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is so a once again good he, he, He's a great guy. Yeah. That's good. Um, so I had, a, I had a question for you. So you were at. Uh, spe- speaking of outside paintball sort of things, you were at a, sp- I, I, maybe it's not called this, but it's a sports pro convention uh, in reference to selling the sport of paintball to TV producers or TV production companies. Correct. Yeah, we went to Monaco to do a show over there. Yeah. Oh, Monaco. So you were slumming it. 
slumming. I mean, I was slumming because I can't afford Monaco. So yeah, it was brutal. Um, yeah. How so? How was paintball received? It was. Uh, it was actually pretty amazing. Um, you know, it's like um, we we had a really good spot because our booth was directly beside where they served food every day. Yeah. Oh yeah, there it is right there. So. Um, I mean, the brand was pretty powerful. The picture, I mean, I thought our graphics came across really good. And everybody, like I said, had drinks and, and a mixer every day right at our booth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we couldn't have planned that better. Nice. Um, and yeah, I think we made some pretty big moves. Actually, one of my little anecdotal stories is that I went upstairs to the NFL booth and they had a bunch of iPads that they could show people what was going on on it. So I was going to click and turn all their websites to the to the NXL page, you know, because that's kind of <laughs> what I do. And um, they, when I went to go to the search term, they had actually already searched our 2023 schedule. Someone at the NFL booth had done that because it was in their search history. Interesting. So I thought that was pretty cool. But well, um, yeah, it was a great, it was a great show. Um, and we have some really good feedback. We're actually working on a couple deals now that not at Liberty. You're really getting too much details, but. Um, I do know that like they're making a big switch in the in the the, the media world to a, what they call a fast channel, which is basically um, you know advertised based TV, which is kind of what we had before we went to uh, Amazon and all that stuff. Amazon is adding a fast channel to their lineup, so and paintball fits really well into that into that scope. So we had a lot of people pretty excited about that. Hmm. Interesting. So and, and it was expensive. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, the trade show was like a brutally expensive trade show. Um, but we're almost like, if we don't go, we're just going to keep talking about what we could have, would have, should have done, you know? And yeah. so by going there, we got to really talk to the people and, um, a couple of them gave us a pretty good direction of what they think we needed to change and do better with as far as our end. Um, and so I, I it was a great show for us. So I'm happy that we did it. Interesting. Do you, I, I know that there's been a, you know, and maybe not an intentional push, but I know you guys have been pushing for the WNXL, the women's league. Does that have any sort of correlation with your push towards television presence, or is that just because you feel that we need a WNXL division? It's it's all of it. I mean, I, I go to a lot of sports conferences, and um, I was on a tour with one of the directors of the PGA, and we were like driving around a golf course looking at stuff, and he was like, he's like, you know, do you have a women's division? And I was like, no, not particularly. We cross play, and he said, well, their single largest growth in golf came from when they added. The, the W, whatever it is, the WPGA, the LPGA, I think it is, ladies PGA. Um, and so that just kind of stuck in my head. And then in order to get in the Olympics, you have to have men and women playing a sport, certain so many countries as the same rules. And we also wanted to see if we could really get more women playing. I also, at one of these conferences I went to, they said that the reason why women don't play a lot of sports isn't the reasons that we believe. And there was a lot deeper issue about why women's weren't playing sports. And some of it just comes to, you know, wanting to fit in and how they're going to be viewed by the other people at the sport. And so by having, you know, like-minded people of similar backgrounds playing together, they just feel more comfortable. And we've seen, like, we've doubled the numbers of women playing tournament paintball just in a couple of years. Yeah. I, I had the opportunity to to watch all of the WNXL games last season. And I, I'll tell you, like, from the beginning of the season, it was it was good, but by the end of the season, I mean they they were super competitive. They like it was a fun watch. Um, be nice to see more more women play. I, I think you know. Yeah, I mean there is no real. I mean yeah, I I, I mean we all want to see more women play. It's a great great system, um, and they play competitive. And like you said, they they got better all year. They're pretty passionate about the game. It's not 
you know, they're not out there on a different agenda than, than everybody else, right? They want to win and they they come and get it. And yeah, yeah, I would be out there. Um, yeah, I think they play great and they're excited about it. And um, yeah, and it's grown this year. I mean, we're up to 10 WNXL teams this year. Um, hey, Wolf in the live chat says, does this mean the new extravaganza will mostly be speedball based or uh, will rec field owners be going? Um, it, yeah, we're trying to keep away from the speedball base. Tell Wolf, thanks. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be rec fields. We're, we're trying to bring all of that in there. We, you know, we're, we're not necessarily the ones giving all the classes. We will give some classes on how to be a better park on the tournament side or whatever. But we're we're trying to help grow. And I say this all the time. Everybody talks about what the NXL is doing. But the frontline troops really are the stores and fields. Yeah. And we need them to do a better job um, and help them do a better job. I was just at a show and I was sitting with a guy and um, we were at a roundtable discussion. And, you know, I was kind of venting about how, like, we're a little behind the times or whatever in paintball. And he was like, well, do you consider yourself a leader in the industry? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, then you need to lead. And I was like, OK, good point. <laughs> so, you know, we can all say what the field should do and that they should be smarter and they should know this. But. It, we need to dedicate our efforts to try to bring that and help help any way that we can. Not that we're really the huge fix to everything, but we do have the ability to kind of bring stuff together. And it's a, and we're in a unique position because, like, you know, GI does a lot and Valcon will do stuff and HK, you know. But once you become a brand like that, your, your competitors are never going to want to see you have some type of insight into something they don't have since we are non-denominational right we're, we're open to everybody we're just paintball specific we can kind of bring all those brands together and have it be not bipartisan shall we say we got people from both sides of the aisle yeah yeah no it makes a lot of sense and you know it's nice to see you guys taking over the extravaganza now the summit because i think over the last couple of years too we're there there was some you know, some parties didn't like certain parties and and whatnot. You're now cleaning the le- or leveling the playing field. It's a clean slate. People can now come and and, and mutually join in. So that's going to be nice to see. That's going to be really nice to see. Um, couple questions uh, that have come in from the people at home, and I'd like to get to a couple of those. Um, Mike Thompson. He says, uh, what does the NXL offer or, in, or or encourage to get the best refs possible uh, to come out and participate? Say I know. That again. So basically, Mike is asking, how do you encourage uh, people to come out and uh, and get the best refs that you can? So what we do as a league, I mean, we pay. I think we're probably the highest paying league in the uh, in the planet. Um so, I mean, we need a lot of referees, so we pay a lot. And really, you just want to make sure they have a good time. We try and give them good food, and I am by no means going to say we succeed in all these things. But, um, we, you know, they're coming to have a good time. They like hanging out with other referees. They like the paintball environment. Um, <laughs> so we try and make sure they have a good time. And we do need to spend more time educating them, and that is one of the things that's going to happen at this show is we're going to have our upper level, you know, like some ref classes for our upper level guys while we're all there. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say it's funny that you say feed because uh, I noticed at the last couple of events, the referees not only got good food at lunch, uh, they had like what looked to be like catered meals. It was great. Uh, a little jealous on them. And uh, they also had snacks and, and the snacks that they had, from what I understand, are request requested snacks. They put a list of ones that they liked because I was questioning why they were eating certain things and 
you know, the head ref was like, no, this is what my crew likes and they take care of us. And he was quite, quite, quite happy about it. So, you know. Yeah, everybody thinks I'm going on tour to like go meet all the teams and kind of like talk. I'm really just raiding different ref tents for their suites. <laughs> well, uh, they had in purple encrustables. They had all kinds yeah. of fun stuff. <laughs> they got great stuff and they're different. Each one of the little different groups has different stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, our refs really enjoy the ref, the ref life right i think it's amazing and a lot of them travel with us all the time and um so and i think they're pretty professional i know everybody always wants to give the refs grief but i mean i go to dinner and you hear them talking about like different calls and how they should have called it and stuff like that not we have a pretty good group yeah. i'm the I'm, bottom line is the refs are humans they are going to make a mistake but i'll tell you though you know the refing crew in the semi-pro field that i've had an opportunity to watch a lot this year they were like a team and they were yeah you know they were encouraging each other they were helping each other out if someone did make a bad call they talked about it they fixed it and they made sure that everybody was educated on how to go about it next time and there was a couple of calls that i even had to scratch my head and i know they had to consult the, the rule book on how to deal with it so um i i mean these refs just aren't guys that you pulled from the local train station you know there's a lot of them that are career refs and and they as you said they're they're almost like teams they're almost like family yeah, and all, and all we can really do is try and help them, right? Give them the tools to make yeah. sure that they can do the job, right? If you throw some, you throw anybody out there, even even a seasoned tournament player out there that that's been getting ref for ten years, you throw them out there without a structure, and they're gonna they're gonna do a bad job. They're either gonna try and over ref and run around and chase everybody, or they're gonna get bored and not pay yeah. attention. So it's it, it's good to have structure, and we do review stuff with them. And I think Dan has done a great job, and and Jason and A. Hal have done a great job on the pro field. So yeah. we have a good team. There's a, there's a referee that I know. He's Canadian. He goes down all the time for yours. And I'm not going to, not going to point him out, but his, his career goal is to get on the pro field. And we were discussing this and he says, yeah, he goes, I don't know if it's ever going to happen because they have their own crew of guys that have been there for a while. They've got the seniority. Then they've got a farm team of refs that you have to get in and be tried on other fields with these guys and like it was sort of explaining the hierarchy and it's nice to see that again like it's like getting on a pro team you're not just going to go out on a sunday and sign up for one like you've got to earn your stripes so yeah for sure sure and if you go in the pro rep pit i mean which i go in there you know probably once an event um i mean they're on it that you know they know exactly what happened um and they know when they make a mistake and they try and fix it but um you know they know the player tendencies they know everything so i I think there's paintball IQ is super high in that pro ref division there. Hey, speaking of making a mistake, Dylan in the in uh, on the Facebook comment said uh, he wants to know what is your best moment uh, or play during your time on Bad Company. And we talked briefly off air that people don't know that you actually used to play paintball. Yeah, I did used to play. Um, I still do play occasionally. We played the ICC when it first came out. We I think we played all the ICCs. Um, I now play with Dave Painter's guys at the I, at, at the ICC or the POC now that it's called the NXL or the ICPL version of that. Um, I would probably say we ended up placing. I think it was second at World Cup with Spiders. Um, you know, gun shooting like five balls a second against machine guns in 2002. Um, so that was probably my best moment. I mean, I would have rather have won, but it was really good to go out there with a gun that cost two hundred dollars and compete against Dynasty and Shock and all the big names. Well, we also learned earlier that you're playing for uh, Edmonton Impact. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that good. There's no, no doubt I'm not that good. Um, and then he further asks, uh, and I know this is an open question, but we're going to ask it anyways. He says, anything new and exciting 
for NXL 2024. So, Do you have a tidbit yeah. you can drop here exclusively? Um, we, yeah. <laughs> well, Spit it out, Tom. Come on. You know you want to tell somebody. <laughs> I do. I do want to tell. Now we'll wait. Lord knows we'll nobody wait. in the industry listens to this show or gives you gears after the fact. So don't worry about it. Will you give us? <laughs> will you give us the tidbit on and come on next time? How's that? Um, I mean, just you're going to be able to see it in more places. How's that? Nice. The best I'm going to give you. You'll okay. Be able to so that so that was a kind of a a, a a bow on our conversation earlier. Then. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Um. Okay, here's a question for you, Tom. Since you've been going to sports marketing conferences and learning more how to be a true leader, and you read comments and you think, and do you think you, we will see paintball in the Olympics, maybe not as a medal sport, but as a demonstration sport? And I'm talking speedball. I'm a re- Everybody knows I'm a recreational scenario guy, but do you think we will see paintball as a demonstration sport in the olympics not for the next six years we're not going to get australia so we 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 started trying for the u.s so what happens is each country when they host the olympics they're allowed to put in some of those trial sports um so the u.s we weren't going to get in on um australia is is a strong anti-gun and an anti i should say anti-paintball but very strict paintball regulations so right. it's going to be extra challenging um so and i don't even know where the next summer olympics is after that but um so you're looking at, at least six years all right okay. there you go that's, that's R- fine. right if you're asking to do it do i think it's possible a- absolutely um the olympics are struggling um with a segmented marketplace right everybody's kind of watching everything that they want to watch um and a real big push in the in the the, the media the televised sports thing is these niche sports sports like us um because it's a it's a specific consumer that may or may not watch traditional sports um everybody's seeing a large trend of everybody kind of having everybody wants to have their own sport not everybody just wants to be the nfl nba guy um so you see people trying to follow that and everybody's trying to capture that um you're gonna see there's a big disruption going on right now like i said before is none of these platforms have been able to be profitable so the netflix the amazons but more of the you know the disney and the and the paramount and all the, the all those people are struggling right um, to show a profit so you're starting to see uh, you know a quick change in that industry and so it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like in the next couple of years but i think that does give us a huge opportunity um and you say that you're more of a scenario person. I mean, I think that's one of the challenges we face and something we need to try and broach a little better is that, you know, you play golf, you play golf and you play tennis, you play tennis, whether you play pro or you go play at the local YMCA. And here we have, you know, you're not, you're not immediately relevant to what we're showing if you just play scenario paintball or you just play rec paintball. So we need to find a way to kind of blend the two a little better. Like, um, I think a show, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but like a show that was a little more Call of Duty-ish would do well with the general public. Yeah. We've designed a sport that's very competitive and ultra visual, and I still think it's compelling, but um, we may have to blend some stuff at some point in time. So, yeah. we, you know, we just got to keep trying different stuff and see what works. Yeah, makes sense. A um, couple other questions that came in. Um, oh, where did it go? Actually, I'll ask one of mine here. So NXL, 
you have that as the sort of the, the, the overall umbrella. And then you've got Major League Paintball that's sort of been uh, edging its way into um, your, 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 your presence there. Where, what, what is Major League Paintball in comparison to NXL? Is that the predecessor? Is it just a, a, an offshoot mm-hmm. for media? How would you explain that to someone who, who, who's kind of questioning that one? So only paintball people would question it because we're so built in it. But, but what does NXL mean, right? What does ICPL mean? Um, you know, like International Classic Paintball League kind of makes sense, right? But they don't have the Classic Fishing League. They just have a fishing league, right? And X-Ball is a derivative of what we play as paintball for us inside the community to know whether it's seven-man or X-Ball or, or a woods ball or scenario paintball. But the general public doesn't understand that at all. And um, I always use this analogy. I went to a trade show and there was 300 sports there. And we all had an eight by 10 table or an eight by four table or whatever. And everybody had a little sign on it. And I was literally the only person sitting at a booth that you couldn't tell what we were by the name of the league. So if you have major league fishing, you know they fish. If you have, you know, the eight in which I was next to, the Asian Basketball League, you know exactly what they're selling. But National X-Ball League, you don't know and you see people walk by and they may be too embarrassed to ask or they don't want to make me look bad by saying they have no idea what i'm selling um so i felt it was a good brand change to try and legitimize this in the general public and we have seen you know everybody gets it when you know if i'm in an airport and you see my luggage tag this is majorly paintball people know that i'm representing a pro league um so on that side that's kind of why we did that so it is it is actually the governing body and the NXL is just one of the entities in it. So you got the NXL, you got the ICPL, you have the Summit now, um, you got the WNXL, you got NXL Europe. Um, so we're trying to be all things paintball. Nice. Okay. As much as possible. Okay. Um, another question here from uh, someone, Mike. He says, uh, what factors and considerations go into paint shell and fill color decisions for the league? We just throw it at a dartboard. Um, <laughs> so... We were trying, so I'm, I'm guessing it's alluding to the fact that we had pink fill at this last event. Um, we tried pink fill to see if that would help the referees make calls differently um, because we use pink fill a lot of time at the ICPL events. And um, and it does show up really well, and we wanted to see how that would show up on TV. Obviously, we could have tested it, um, but we wanted to try it in, in a true tournament environment. And so we tried it at World Cup. We found that it's it still stains a little bit. Um, I say a little bit, probably stains a lot, um, which caused some challenges, especially we're at Vegas this year, which is a venue that we can't have any staining at. Um, so we're still trying to find a bright shell. Um, the real challenge is just making sure all the paint companies can have the color that we desire and make sure it's going to work. That yeah, makes sense. Uh, speaking of trying new things at World Cup, you tried a new format on the Thursday with some of the pro teams. What was the feedback Uh, that you got from that did you find that a useful exercise or um i mean i thought it was a useful exercise i I got um i wouldn't say that it was loved by very many people um i think it was thought provoking how's that you know sometimes you have to just try something um and see what's going to stick um and so we learned some stuff in the format we'll make some tweaks to what we're trying to do um and we're not trying to replace the x-ball format or the match play that we call it right we're just trying to find a more budget friendly or an easier to run format or something that may be a little better for spectators we're just throwing some different stuff out to try different stuff yeah yeah hey over your shoulder and behind you you have an aerial shot of what looks to be world cup 
you yeah, guys had you had record numbers this past event. Is that property able to continue to host you if you exceed those numbers, or do you think that this past year was kind of a bit of a, a hump that you got over? That's a tough one. I'm, I mean, this year was we were definitely maxed. Um, I I can't even remember the now number now. I know we did over 600 teams, which is a record on in, in anybody's books, right? 600 teams is is, is astronomical. Um, I don't. We would have to probably go to longer events if we started to grow anymore, um, or find a new property. I mean, trying to find 55, 60 acres and you know one mile from Disney is almost impossible. Um, so it's challenging. And if we would have had rain like we had the year before, that parking lot would have been challenging. Yeah. So we're looking at lots of options. Um, you know, we may end up having to acquire a piece of land that's a little further out and wait for Orlando to grow into it um, so we can build it the way we want. But um, right now we have a great relationship with the city and, and the landowner. So we'll be there for the foreseeable future. That's great. I, we, as a crew here, kind of lovingly look back at some of the past venues that you know hosted nxl and even psp for that matter you know talking about dis you know being on site at disney at wide world of sports was kind of cool i i actually really liked polk city as well i thought that was a you know from a you know from a spectator standpoint it really wasn't that far of a drive from Kissimmee, which is where we were staying traditionally um would, would yeah, you, the fantasy of flight venue. We wouldn't fit on the fantasy flight venue anymore. Yeah. Um, so, but it's also grown towards fantasy flight. We used to stay in the middle there. I think it's called Champions Gate. And when we first started staying there, there was no restaurants or nothing. It was just a, a condo park. And now it's an entire metropolis down there. So you could kind of go back to that fantasy of flight location um, and make it work and be better than it was when the PSP had it, just because the the city has kind of moved that way. The real problem would be the size of the location. I think the PSP was probably running eight fields there, and we're like at 11. Um, So including a mounds field that we've added. um, So that would be challenging. But, I mean, the original World Cups, uh, the ones that we talk about usually in the heyday, you know, they were over a much longer period of time. So back in the day, you played 10-man on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but you played five-man on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and so we don't really do that now. We've kind of condensed it all into the same time frame, even though some of it's rollovers. Like we played 10 man on Sunday that people got knocked out and stuff like that, but it's not two complete separate tournaments the way it was back in the day. And I believe the PSP at one point in time was running two weekends. You know, you played Saturday through Sunday wow. over a week, over a seven day, 10 day period, whatever that is. Wow. But now you guys run a split deck format. To me, it's the most efficient way to run paintball, but maybe one of the more confusing ways for people like mom and dad watching at home or or a new person watching at home. Have you guys considered a different kind of format than the, you know, than the split deck? We we consider it all the time. Um, So split deck is not the most efficient format, not not by a long shot. I guess I I go against X-Ball, how you used to have... You know. Yeah, so it's it's more efficient. Um, I mean, in levels of efficiency, um, a, a one fly game is the most efficient. The next most efficient is the race two format. Uh, the next efficient is just match play, and then or the split deck with match play, and then it goes to match play. Hmm. That's your four levels of efficiency there. Hmm. So literally, the pros will play. They have a fifteen minute match, but we have to schedule them for thirty minutes. So when we do split deck, you have 
four teams playing and we have them allocated for an hour, but they're really only playing for 30 minutes. Whereas with a five-man game, if you're scheduled for 10 minutes, we would schedule a game every 10 minutes, knowing that some games are going to end early. Yeah. So from a local provider that, you know, five-man is the most efficient. Single, single, single point game. Yeah. Does the paint manufacturers give you any push on uh, on the format that you have right now? Do they have ideas, you know, ways to sell more paint, or would it bother them? Everybody has ideas. (laughs) Um, That's all we get is ideas. Um, I I would say I know everybody kind of thinks the paint companies like the way we shoot paint or whatever, and. Uh, Richmond was one of the originals of X-Ball, right? Which was a heavy paint consumption type tournament. Um, But no, I mean, I think they're just as excited about the classic revival as they are X-Ball. Yeah, so no, I don't get any kickback about like, you got to make sure they're shooting a lot of paint. I mean, we shoot a lot of paint at World Cup. um, And I don't know. I mean, they would be happy if we went to four pods. Yeah. So (laughs) here's an interesting question. I've always wondered this. So everybody gets their trophies. They leave on Sunday. High fives and handshakes. People in their car catching their flights. Then the field is left to be on its own on Monday morning. I know what it looks like. How long does it take for you guys to deal with that after any event? So a normal event, we, we plan on doing the walkthrough Thursday afternoon with, with the landowner if they're, if they're concerned about the property. So we would, it takes us, I mean, we start breaking down on Sunday. Um, it takes the crew three grueling days of tear down and clean up. And then at the end of Thursday, we are ready for someone to come and say, you know, have a punch list to say, you know, this is dirty or whatever happens. Yeah. How and do you deal with the last people leave on Friday? Okay. So how do you deal with the paint on the ground? Is that something that you have to clean up for the field owner? I mean, these are remedial questions, but a, a lot of people ask me about that. So like, it depends on the venue. Um, so the Vegas venue, we will have to pick up virtually every paintball. Um, and I think it's usually around Easter. Cause I remember the, the year before that they had an Easter egg hunt and people were finding paintballs. <laughs> um, so we have to pick up almost virtually every paintball in Las Vegas. Um, an event like Orlando, this event, which is a cow pasture, we just have to make sure that enough paint is off the ground so it doesn't kill the grass. So we actually use a, a machine that's got a wheel on it, that's got brushes, a big brush on the front of a, I can't even name the machine, but a, a, like a skid steer. Yeah. And it, it kind of pushes the paint around into uh, lanes and then we scoop it up and then we rake. Fun times. So if you're asking if it's a lot of work, it's an insane amount of work. Yeah. Well, we're field owners and we've been through that and we've used rakes, we've used machines and no matter how much effort you put into it, and there's Owens. always, yes, and Owens, there's always paint left over, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a chore that most people don't unfortunately get to deal with. Um, yeah, I mean, the paint doesn't go anywhere. You know, we shot 10 tractor trailer loads of paint, right? So theoretically all of those balls are still on the site somewhere yeah do you guys go away do you guys hope for a little bit of rain or does that make it worse um it makes it a little worse because the paintballs swell up makes it a little harder to move them around yeah actually i mean the the perfect environment is like texas where it's hot and humid and kind of dries them out real quick and they get they get brittle and they break up yeah makes sense makes sense and then so, One so, of my favorite stories is I go to Riverside back in the PSP days, and I, I show up the day after in the place of disaster. You know, you drop the nets, and it's just a, 
a field of destruction and there's a lady in like a suit skirt thing with a briefcase just standing dead in the middle of it like she teleported and that's my lady i'm meeting to to do the walkthrough she's she wanted to see it on monday afternoon and i go over there to meet with her and she's just like one bit of advice why not shoot green paint because the entire place is yellow and i was like you know that's a brilliant idea yeah um but guy, what was your question? No, it's it's actually funny that she says that as well. Because we, when we had her indoor, we liked a shell color that was dark enough that it would disappear into the turf. You know, especially if you're running a tournament, you just, you know, there could be buckets of paint, in, you know, in the corner, but it just sort of disappears. But if you're running, you know, a yellow shell or something like that, it's 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 way dirtier, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. You're, you're That's... gonna see you're gonna see a, a yellow paintball or a pink paintball shell from a mile away. Yeah. Ten tra- tractor trailer loads of pa- of paint is about fifty seven million six hundred thousand paintballs. That's it, eh? <laughs> yeah, I did the math one time, and I, I'd have to fact check myself again. But I think we shot more paintballs at one World Cup than they fired rounds during the Civil War for five years. <laughs> so I'm gonna double check that because I looked it up one time and I was like, wow, that is crazy. So I'm gonna double check it before I keep throwing that number out there. But yeah, I, I will give kudos to and and maybe I'm calling him the wrong thing but his nickname is fatty that runs fatty. your your setup and teardown he's got a good old machine there and he's um you know i had an opportunity to look look in the in, you know where, where people don't usually go into the backdrops of where all their equipment is stored and everything and you'd think everything would just be a disaster but it was it was pretty organized i was pretty impressed and i asked people for certain things and they knew exactly where it was and where to get it um you know, yeah, whatever you do with him, keep him around. That's for sure. No, he's amazing. And that's one of the things people don't realize it and how much that he has control over people's enjoyment at the event. Right. Like the way he lays it out and, and you know, where he puts the porta potties or how, how wide a spacing we have for stuff or where the parking lot is. And all of that stuff really goes a long way towards uh, the success of the event. In fact, it's almost all of it, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, he does a, his whole group does an amazing job there, and he's um, he's good. I mean, it's not good when you take his tools and don't put them back where they belong, but because um, he's a big guy. But um, no, they they do an amazing job. Yeah. We couldn't do this without him for sure. And you've got a good crew of people working behind the scenes. You know, the people at the front desk are familiar from years ago. You know, uh, you know Darren and the guys at Go Sports. I mean, there's a lot of consistency with these events. Um, you know, it's got to be hard keeping, you know, keeping a keeping a small army together like that. Um, I mean, uh, most of us really love the game, so it's really not as hard as you think. I mean, I think almost everyone we have is making less than they would in the free world, right? In the real market, um, they do it because they love the game, and you know, it's kind of a passion project. We don't really get. I don't get a lot of complaints about people saying, you know, it's a long day or whatever. It just is what it is, you know, and it actually flies by when you're there. I'm speaking on my behalf. I don't know about everybody, but, you know, it goes by. Um, I mean, you are definitely tired at the end of it, but it's a good tired. But you've got thousands of like minded individuals, you know, within an arm's length that you, you know. Yeah. Well, well you know what? We always make comments, and I, even I started joking about it now, about like how much grief I get you know, about the online stuff. But literally at the events, most people are pretty thankful, right? You're going to run into the guy that just had the worst call ever that really ruined his weekend. But for the most part, everybody is pretty supportive at the events. They appreciate what we're doing, and, and, and that, that makes you happy, right? You walk by, people thank you or do whatever. So, 
Hey, uh, we're getting close to the end of our hour, Tom. Did you want another opportunity to circle back to your uh, your your tidbit that you wanted to release? No, we just want to make sure the stores and fields, you know, <laughs> we really want them to come. This is our kind of our one crack at it, kind of yep. make sure that we get them all there. I, I, I wish they don't do a wait-and-see approach, right? Like, um, we really need to to have the stores and fields there to make it successful for the industry, so hopefully they will... They will buckle down and make some time to go ahead and come see the event. Yeah, I saw, I saw a movie the other day. Sorry, Gavin, uh, where where they use the phrase "if they build it, they will come." Yeah, I think I was going to remind people to book your hotel room at the Sahara. The Sahara, Tom. Yeah. I've often thought, at, from going to nearly every extravaganza there was, I've often thought that it would be really neat if you could get, you know, have a two-hour live or an hour and a half special from the floor where you have all the new products and someone just displays them live and says this is planet eclipse's new thing this is tipman's new thing all the vendors give you two or three of their new things and you do a live and you'd get because every, every most every player or paintball person knows that extravagance is going on and they're looking they're scouring social media for pictures and stuff but it'd be neat to have a do a live something from the floor of everybody's new product that'd be pretty cool uh, did you just volunteer behind the bunker to do that? <laughs> there we go. Well, you know, we're checking the Greyhound bus ticket prices yeah, right we, now. To right be honest, now. yeah. yeah. How, many people, how many people can you fit in a room at the Sahara? <laughs> how big are the rooms? <laughs> um, yeah, I think you put four in there. There we four go. Nice. And is the bathtub large enough that you could lay someone down flat comfortably? I, I would say so. There we go. <laughs> we may there we be go. there then. We're gonna, yeah, we can always sleep in shifts as well. Do they have a buffet for breakfast? Just kidding. <laughs> you know, that I don't know. That I don't know. Well, something tells me that Vegas would probably have a good buffet somewhere. <laughs> I think there's no shortage of buffets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Sahara, that's not that far away from anything. Not, everything is, you know. 40 miles apart. Well, it's good yeah, step, I guess. It's good steps for I, I, I guess visually you can see just, a, you know, anywhere on the strip. But, like, when we stayed at MGM to walk to Bellagio, it was right across the street, but it was probably 45 minutes from the time we left our room, went down, crossed the street, went over, and then got into the Bellagio. Yeah, the Sahara is 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 right in that area, and they just did a big upgrade to it. So I, I thought it was pretty impressive, the, the hotel. I was a little worried, you know, going to try and pick a hotel. Um, but they gave us an amazing tour and everything's super nice. Nice. I mean, the pool party area is, is amazing. Like the, the televisions and all that stuff we're going to have, the wow factor for that is going to be amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, uh, so do I need to bring a tuxedo? Is that what? Uh, no, we're, we're, we're calling it like, like Vegas nightclub attire. Like, you know, we're going to, we want you to be like kind of dressy, kind of glitzy, but we're not going to make you make a tie. There we go. Uh, Keith Kissel saying the Bellagio's buffet is great. There we go. Um, Dan Saunders has a serious question for Tom. He says, when are you getting a new car? Mm. <laughs> when I can afford it. <laughs> I have seen the inside of your car, and I saw the kitchen. I saw the uh, the living room. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. I wonder how many miles you have on that thing now. 340,000 miles. Jesus. Wow. All right, so it's you're just out of warranty then. It's going to go forever. It's going to go forever. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's say, you know, someone says, okay, hey, you know, your 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 truck is now officially done. You got to buy something new. What are you getting? Um, there's a new Toyota coming out. Um, Land next Cruiser? Year. 
Yep, the Land Cruiser. There you go. But it's a cheap Land Cruiser. It's not the expensive yeah, one. Yeah, like the, ret the retro version of the Land Cruiser. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of like the FJ, yep. right? Kind of like my same car. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is, uh, it's been an hour. We haven't even taken a break. We haven't even promoted our sponsors. We haven't done anything because... Uh, some jerk uh, who zoomed in <laughs> monopolized the whole show. <laughs> it's my show now, punks. Yeah. Um, just looking through the questions to see if I had any any, any last ones. But, uh, yeah, I think we got through pretty much everything that we wanted to get to. If we didn't get to your question, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen at home. But I think we got uh, most most of the things answered from Tom. And you know what? He's not a stranger to the show. If uh, if we've missed something, we can always get him back on. And he's you know he's going to jump back on the show next time he has uh, a tidbit that he wants to Tidbits release. Tidbits are pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you guys get the scoop next time. There we go. go. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Tom, for being on the show tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate thanks. it. Thanks, Gavin, Keep for being on work. as well. Yeah, it was great. Uh, thanks so much, Tom, uh, for, for sharing uh, your insight. And we're looking forward to the 2024 season. And Me Joe too. Kimson from Flaggers Paintball. Thanks very much for everyone for tuning in tonight. We'll see you next week, uh, Monday night, 8.04 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for more Behind a Bunker and yeah. tidbits. That's right. And uh, no after show tonight, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen. But I appreciate it. If you guys have been watching all this time, uh, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>